Please listen carefully. Hello, universe. Welcome to the Optimist Daily Update. I'm Summers McKay. And I'm Christy Jansen. And we are part of the team behind the Optimist Daily, making solutions the news. We bring you reader-supported solutions news every day in order to change the tenor of news media, social media, and the direction of your day to help us all get focused on solutions. Seven days a week, we publish positive news stories written by award-winning journalists and delivered online to your inbox and through our social channels. And also, we are sharing the solutions in a community with a walk with a home office review podcast. Today is Hump Day, Wednesday, the 8th of June, 2022. Hello, Christy. How are you? Good morning, Summers. I'm well. I'm well. I'm, I cannot get my head around the fact that it's June already. <laughs> uh, I just, I, time has sped up in so many ways. In our pre-record meeting, Christy was talking about an event that happened at the beginning of February. And she was like, you know, just a couple weeks ago, (laughs) it it turns out that actually was not just a couple weeks ago. (laughs) You know, time speeds up, I guess, when you're older, but goes slow. I don't know. I just feel like being disconnected from the world for two years and coming back into it, trying to figure out how to manage life again in this like pandemic era. Mm-hmm. This is not completely over yet. But like think about all the things we do differently. Or I, I'm thinking about all the things I do differently. I don't want to project to everybody else, but like my groceries are on their way, right? Before the pandemic, I never ordered groceries. I mm-hmm. maybe bulk ordered stuff on Amazon, like household items. So my groceries are on their way. Like somebody who has a job who is now employed to deliver my groceries, who saves me time and actually reduces the ecological impact of grocery shopping because they make one trip in one vehicle to numbers of homes mm-hmm. and just meeting online. Just a morning meeting, grabbing a cup of coffee, walking around each other's kitchens. I know. There's just so many tiny, tiny things we do differently. It's just fascinating how much the world has changed. It is. And and it's not going back to what it was before. Yeah. There's some things that maybe we'll miss, but it's just different. And I'm still trying to figure it out. And all of us are. And that's part of the issue. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. We still need a manual for 2022. But, you know, something that existed before the pandemic and continued to play a really critical role in food service during the pandemic because restaurants were closed and people could actually get food elsewhere are food trucks. And I remember about 20 25 years ago, Mm -hmm. my colleague, I guess it was about 22 years ago, my colleague and I that shared an office at this like entertainment management company in LA, we talked about how we wanted to launch a breakfast taco food truck. We're like, wouldn't that be amazing to just have breakfast tacos in the morning available? And this was before there were any major food trucks. This was before this was like a widespread thing. And Neither of us really had any restaurant experience and neither of us actually knew how to make breakfast tacos other than what we were proud of on our Sunday mornings. So um, (laughs) it didn't go anywhere. It may not have made it, in other words. Or maybe you would have launched the food truck boom. Right. We could have been at the beginning of the food truck boom. And I think, you know, it would have been called Eric and Summer's food truck. But yeah, so... What I like about the story today is that this industry, food trucks, has been around for a long time, and the culinary food truck experience really has blossomed in the last decade. But I love this story because this is talking about where food trucks go in the future. My headline reads, 
University of Illinois students build solar charging station for food truck and other EVs. Students at the University of Illinois Chicago have demonstrated once again the ingenuity and motivation of today's youth to meet the challenges of climate change. Jobs of the future, people. The team built a solar-powered charging station so that an on-campus food truck can make emission-free deliveries. The team has gone above and beyond building a prototype or a technology demonstrator. They have a fully functional solar-powered charging station that can energize a commercially built electric vehicle. Though not as quote-unquote sexy as a Tesla, the food truck is completely street legal and can reach a top speed of 25 miles per hour. (laughs) It's like an ice cream truck. <laughs> exactly. It's like, dude, yeah. So what's also really cool about this, though, is that this vehicle is part of a critical part of the university's food recovery network. And the purpose of this food recovery network, or the FRN, is to collect leftover food from campus dining halls and deliver it to homeless shelters and kitchens in Chicago. According to Clean Technica, the FRN was responsible for delivering more than 7,500 pounds of foods to local shelters. So not only is this a solution to feeding the needy, but it also saves the food from ending up in landmills. And there's an entirely emission-free food delivery vehicle that makes operations even greener. So this one hits the nail on all heads. It does. The thing I love about the idea of having an electric version of a food truck is one of the worst parts of those food trucks is they run the generator to operate the kitchens. If it was running on like battery, which was charged from the solar energy, that would be so cool and it'd be quiet. It wouldn't be this loud, noisy, smelly truck that you get the delicious Thai tacos from, you know, or whatever the the interesting mix-up food that you get or the barbecue, you know, we have just a few food trucks in uh, Santa Barbara. Just a few thousand. Just a few. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's not as many, like, I love Portland and the whole food truck courts that they have in Portland. Right. You can just go and LA has a couple areas where it's all about the food truck. We've got that around here too. So, although there's a lot of barbecue trucks here in Texas. Yeah. I know <laughs> so. here in California, there's a lot of like Mexican burrito trucks oh, that are. But speaking of food trucks from California that are now in Texas, the taco truck that literally used to be outside my house in south of uh, Santa Barbara in Oxnard Shores moved to Texas during the pandemic. <laughs> Everybody's moving to Texas during and the pandemic. I know. Right? They moved to Texas during the pandemic, and I was at a brewery with my husband and we were looking at the menu and we were with some friends here and we were looking at the menu and we're like, why do they have a California burrito? And we're reading the menu and we're like, wait a minute, this is... And so my husband asked and they they had renamed the taco truck because it had a California e-name, which doesn't fly around here, but they literally moved. And so we now have our same taco truck right nearby. So that makes you feel good, right? (laughs) That's part of your new normal is your old normal. Exactly. Part of my new normal is my old normal taco truck with a different non-California name. My story is also a solar story in a a way because one of the issues that's been going on in the solar industry is that there's been a tariff investigation that's been led by the Commerce Department that has stalled the expansion of the U.S. solar industry. And there's been 
tariffs on Chinese imports of solar panel and solar technology because there was a, a charge that the government of China was subsidizing unfairly the Chinese solar panel industry. And so I think the Trump administration put tariffs on importing solar. But then there was also a, an investigation looking at whether or not Chinese solar manufacturers were improperly funneling parts through other Asian countries. So not only are there blockages to bringing solar panels in from China, but also from other Asian countries where they have a pretty big solar panel construction industry. And that's been a big part of the growth of solar panel installation here in the United States. That includes Korea, that includes Cambodia, that includes Vietnam, Thailand, Malaysia. But there's been blockages for importing those panels. The problem is that it slowed down the expansion of solar in this country, in the United States, at the same time that there's a lot of pressure to move more of our electricity over to renewable energy. And we're trying to now fossil fuel prices are going crazy. So for our power costs are raising. Anyway, determined to meet the clean energy and climate goals. Now the Biden administration has put forth a compromise where the investigation is continuing, but Cambodia, Malaysia, Thailand, and Vietnam will now be able to export solar panels to the U.S. for two years without fear of reprisal. And the solar industry is clapping over this. They're very happy because this gives some reassurance over the future of U.S. solar expansion while we all await the verdict of the investigation. According to Abigail Ross Hopper, the president and chief executive officer of the Solar Energy Industries Association, this is a quote from her, the president's action is a much needed reprieve from the industry crushing probe. And the solar industry is applauding the decision because as Hopper expressed, there's been concerns that this investigation is wiping out a decade of solar job growth. The solar industry actually is a big job creator and they've been employing more people even than the fossil fuel industry in some states. It's a place where they're they're ramping up, but this has sort of weakened that ramp up over the last couple of years. This really speaks to the notion that isolationism is never an effective solution, mm -hmm. right? And so while increasingly like looking at, you know, wanting American made or increasing production of this tool here in the United States is really valuable, it can't come at the expense of cutting off the pipeline, right? And having just limited production capacity as opposed to participating in the global supply chain there's just too many risks involved with that solution. Yeah, and I think they're they're still interested in investing in building more capacity manufacturing in the United States. Here in the US, exactly. But you can do both things at the same time. And what the administration is also doing is to try to accelerate US solar panel manufacturing. Exactly. They're also invoking the Defense Production Act, which is an act we've heard a little bit about. It's from the Korean War. And the point is to boost civil defense and mobilization efforts in times of crisis. We've heard about it in relation to PPE. We've heard about it in relation to the baby formula shortage. But now it's being invoked to promote solar panel manufacturing, as well as other clean energy technology. The microchip shortage for all of electronic manufacturing has you know, been a huge challenge. So, huge challenge, yeah. Although simultaneously a huge challenge and it has accelerated growth of electric vehicles. So there's a double-edged sword on that one. But 
This is a very interesting, interesting story. I thought it was interesting. And um, the Defense Production Act is also being used to support other clean energy technology, like building insulation, you know, re-insulating your house or building is a improves efficiency that can lower the power usage, creating efficient heat pumps for buildings, equipment for fuel cells and hydrogen use, which I'm a big proponent of, and other power grid infrastructure, which is very needed, like transformers. You really need to upgrade that. Anyway, that's the story. That's uh, the article that I was keen on talking about today on Wednesday's pod. A few other uh, articles from the headlines on the Optimist Daily. A rectal cancer trial sees tumor disappearance in all its patients. Teens should be spending the, quotes Goldilocks amount of time online. There's this happy medium that we can help our teens find and probably it'd be good for us to learn as well as grown-ups. Exactly. A Roman road in Wales shows a farther reach of the ancient Roman Empire. It actually oh. extended mm-hmm. into other parts of England that were unknown before. NASA plans to uncover the secrets of Venus. What else, Summers? We've got Thailand once again celebrating LBGTQ plus pride after almost 16 years. A new device helps farmers raise happier, healthier cows. Canada announces legislation to freeze handgun sales and introducing the world's first ammonia-fueled tractor. That and much, much more, as always, is available on the Optimist Daily. Thank you for... <laughs> Summers has like a whole party, a pet party happening behind her. The cat and the dog are there's, chasing each other. Yes, yeah, there's, there's just running animals. But you know what? Something else that's changed in the pandemic, our animals come to our meetings. That's true. Yes. Yep. All right. <laughs> well, you look, we promise to continue to share positive solution-based stories with ideas on how you can participate in this changing world and ensure it is changed for the good. Christy, you got to take it from here. <laughs> okay. And to support us for free and keep us going, share us on socials, Forward a story to a friend. Make sure to leave positive views for the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. However you do it, be a part of the solution-changing consciousness that addresses our world's biggest challenges with a problem-solving mindset. Let's keep the options daily free to all who need it, supported by those of us who can. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with more solutions. Bye, guys.